Music has a special way of touching our hearts in ways many things cannot. And if you're tuning into this podcast, you probably think so too. On each episode of Classical Post, we uncover a creative mind behind music we find particularly exceptional. Coming to you from New York, Classical Post is created and produced by Gold Sound Media, a marketing and PR agency for the performing arts industry. I'm your host, Jonathan Eifert, creative director at Gold Sound Media, and I hope you find something inspiring in this episode. Anyone who's had the pleasure of seeing violinist Rachel Barton Pine perform live knows this is a musician who gives every performance her all. What many people will likely not know is how much that mesmerizing stage presence is informed and inspired by her love of heavy metal music, a genre where the musicians, in her words, are committed 150% to feeling the music and sharing it with the person farthest away in the venue. Sharing a lot of music with a lot of people has been a through line of Pine's career. Besides performing the standards of the violin repertoire, Pine has made it her mission for more than two decades to shine a light on music by underrepresented composers. Last year, she released the 25th anniversary edition of her seminal album, Violin Concertos by Black Composers Through the Centuries, a collection of works for violin and orchestra by Florence Price, Joseph Bologna, Samuel Coleridge-Taylor, and White Lafitte. The overwhelming response to that album produced long before classical music's concerted effort and push for more diverse programming inspired her to launch the Music by Black Composers initiative in 2001, which has not only collected more than 900 works by 450 composers of African descent, but also produced a variety of free educational resources so music lovers of all ages can access this incredible music. In this episode, Pine and I talk more about the album and the impact of historical discrimination on the violin repertoire. Plus, she shares how finding a sense of purpose as a violinist fuels her energy and creativity. That time she heard authentic tango music in Uruguay and her favorite place in New York City for vegan Italian food. I'm Rachel Barton Pine. I am a concert violinist and recording artist and president of the RBP Foundation, which supports young artists through various projects like our Grants for Education and Career, our Instrument Loan Program, and our Music by Black Composers Initiative. But I often find inspiration in various non-classical styles. So for example, when I'm playing classical music based on particular kinds of folk music, like Brooks Scottish Fantasy, you know, I'll go to the pub and join in with some Scottish fiddlers to get the feeling of the flavor of the roots of what lays behind this concerto, or I'll go and listen to some jazz and blues before playing some of those composers in classical who are inspired by that kind of music. I'll never forget going to a cafe in Montevideo, Uruguay, and hearing a tango band in the corner. And, you know, as opposed to a stage show like you tend to get in Buenos Aires, this was just the locals dancing, you know, to the tango band in the corner. And that really gave me a wonderful feeling for how that the flavor of that music is when it's just in its most casual, um, you know, authentic context. And of course, unrelated to the music in the classical music, just watching performances by my favorite heavy metal bands has always been a huge source of inspiration in terms of the in emotional intensity that I want to bring to all of my performances. Of course, the um, the range of classical music ex expression is far more 
wide and varied than that of metal, but the fact that there's this 150% commitment to feeling the music and sharing it with the person farthest away in the venue, um, that's something that I try to do, whether I'm playing things that are really bombastic or things that are perfectly calm. It's still about fully immersing myself in it, which is the inspiration that I get from my favorite bands. I guess other things, you know, just going to different parts of the world, like walking the streets of Salzburg and seeing, you know, the buildings that Mozart once saw and breathing the air in Finland with the tall droopy pine trees and then playing the Sibelius Concerto after reading about the lives of the composers and the history of the violinists for whom they were written. All of that inspires me continually. I'm not a very visual person, you know? I mean, not that I don't enjoy going to art museums and it, it moves me as a human, but it's it's somehow not what I draw from when I'm doing my art. I draw more from, you know, reading about um, cultural histories of different human societies or just communing with nature. actually a lifelong vegan. My parents converted to vegetarianism in college and they raised me. I've, I've never eaten a bite of meat in my life. And I actually, when, as a little child, um, milk products really disagreed with me. So I've been plant-based long before it was cool, long before it was socially acceptable. <laughs> you couldn't go to any normal grocery store and get quinoa when I was first touring. Um, so yeah. Um, but, you know, of course, nowadays, veganism is so popular that you have all kinds of unhealthy vegan products filled with artificial colors and artificial flavors and high fructose corn syrup. And, you know, the first time I saw an unhealthy quinoa concoction, I was like, oh, we've really turned the corner. <laughs> so not only am I vegan, but I try to only eat whole grains. My parents raised me entirely with whole grains, fresh vegetables, no sugar. And, you know, sounds like child abuse or something, but I loved it. It was like the most delicious food. And, you know, I'm so grateful that they did it because now I don't have a craving for things that aren't good for my body. And as, what I do is so athletic that you really do have to kind of police yourself in that way. Make sure you get enough sleep. Make sure you stay calm. Make sure that you are fueling yourself with things that are going to help your muscles and not harm them. And so... um it's interesting because my parents' motivation for a healthy diet was mainly um, human health and to a lesser degree, you know, a sense of um, being good for the environment, of course. And my daughter, when she was born, she we, we also raised her vegan. My, my husband is not vegan because he wasn't raised that way, but um, he definitely appreciates some of those of us that are. And my daughter turned out to be this huge animal lover and really opened my eyes like, you know, I used to walk down the sidewalk and if I stepped on the ant, it was just like, well, that's what happens. There are ants on the sidewalk and occasionally you step on one and that's the cycle of life. And my daughter would be like, mom, don't step on that ant. And I realized, wait a sec, I, I don't want to take a life like this. It just really changed my perspective to have, you know, this little tiny child loving animals so, so much. And honestly, I'm grateful that we raised her vegan because... She would have been one of those tiny children that announced that they were going to be vegan, whether the parents wanted them to or not. And then, you know, the fact that she already was was convenient for her personality. Now she's a very serious instrumentalist and composer. And so 
being on that, you know, healthy athletic diet is good for her too. I discovered the violin in my church when I was three years old and heard some middle school age girls playing in worship one Sunday. And it just really spoke to me. I just, you know, became obsessed with it. And by the time I was five, I had a real conviction that being a violinist was my identity, that it wasn't just something I did, but that I, at my core, I was a violinist, that this is what I was meant to do. And not just as the activity that brings me the most pleasure, but really as the way that I can serve the world and in terms of my faith belief, the way that I can um, you know, contribute to God's work in the world by uplifting people's spirits with music, not just the really obvious you know, playing for people in homeless shelters and hospitals or things like that, but also just even a normal concert in a concert hall. Just the art of making music is all about nurturing the souls of those who are listening to you, and that's your, your joy and responsibility. And I feel like this is what I was put on the earth to do. And so, you know, that's been my motivation since age five and um, continues to be what I believe and what I try my best to do. As a redhead, I am very stereotypically addicted to spicy food. And I, I don't go in for a lot of hot sauces just because, you know, being on that healthy diet, you know, a lot of them have too much sugar in them and stuff. Plus, you can't throw them in your suitcase if the bottle's already been opened. So it's all about the, you know, the pe powdered pepper and the pepper flakes for me. And, you know, my spice cabinet used to have the usual cayenne pepper and hot pepper flakes and some sh chipotle to mix it up. And I thought that's all you could get. Um, and of course, black pepper, but, you know, I rarely go to, you know, down to that um, low level stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but then I discovered this company called Flatiron Pepper Company, and they have these concoctions of all these exotic hot peppers that they produce as flake mixes. And so now I have like 10 different bottles of different flakes of peppers and everything I want to add pepper to, whether it's my spaghetti or my hummus or my um, salad or whatever I'm adding pepper to, which is almost everything I eat. Um, I can actually decide, okay, which flavor profile of these exotic mixes is the one for this dish and always mixing it up. And yeah, it's half my spice cabinet is different hot pepper flakes now. And I just love it. This, I can't recommend them highly enough. Flat Iron Pepper Company. I love to go to Le Pen Quotidien, and there's a, a chickpea, um, quinoa, avocado salad mix that I just think is absolutely delicious. And it was really, really sad. They finally opened a branch in Chicago, but then when the pandemic hit, it closed, and that was like super tragic. It's like it's like on the required list that I have to get my favorite from Le Pen Quotidien every time I go to the city. Um, but in terms of like somewhere to eat out with friends, if that's what's going on, um, that restaurant close to Carnegie called Trattoria dell'Arte. Of course, there are you know a gajillion excellent Italian restaurants in New York City, but Trattoria dell'Arte, as far as any restaurant I've ever visited in New York, has the best vegan antipasti buffet. Where you know it's one of those antipasti bars where you can get different veggie concoctions, roasted this and you know grilled that, and and you know different just things and they have like a couple dozen and you can just go crazy with it and 
yeah, so that's always really fun. Let's pause for a second. Are you an artist or work at an arts organization? I founded Gold Sound Media to help you expand your audience through social media. My team and I work closely with clients around the United States directly shaping their messaging through customized strategic content. One of our biggest success stories is our work for the Clyburn, where we drove 25 million viewers, making it one of the most watched classical music events of all time. Get in touch to speak with me directly about how Gold Sound Media can help you. Just head to goldsoundmedia.com. Now, back to the show. So I made the original album back in 97. I was so young in my career that I wasn't quite ready to record all the famous concertos, which of course I have since then, Brahms, Beethoven, Mozart, Brooke, Mendelssohn, etc. But I wanted to do a more repertoire-driven project. And I was aware, just growing up in Chicago, with different orchestras and chamber groups actually doing repertoire by Black composers, I knew that this body of repertoire existed and it's um, you know wonderful quality. So I wondered whether there were any works for violin and orchestra by composers of African descent. And I found some incredible ones from the 1700s, 1800s, and 1900s. And I decided to do the most historic ones from the classical and romantic periods for my record um, because I just really fell in love with the music. It was such great stuff. I, I couldn't help but think that it would have been part of our you know, usual violin repertoire if not for historic discrimination. And I just really wanted to share it with everyone because I thought the pieces were so amazing by Chevalier de Saint-Georges. Um, the Afro-Cuban composer Jose White, the Afro-English composer Samuel Coleridge-Taylor. So after, you know, I guess naively, I wasn't even thinking about issues of social justice or representation and inclusion. Um, I just loved the music. And then after the album came out, it was really life-changing. I started being invited to serve on diversity panels. I joined the Board of Sphinx. I started getting requests from students and parents and teachers and colleagues for more of this music and loving music education and research and and classical music access as much as I do, it really seemed like a fun project to take on. And I had started my RBP Foundation to support young artists with instrument loans and financial assistance. So in 2001, we added our musicbyblackcomposers.org initiative, and we've collected more than 900 works by more than 450 composers from around the world and throughout the centuries men and women. We have our website, musicbyblackcomposers.org, that not only includes how to um, get published um, educational publications, but also all kinds of free resources, whether you're a classical music fan, a performer, a teacher, a student. There's everything on there from podcast lists, composer directories, repertoire directories, children's books on related topics, discographies, bibliographies, all kinds of fun stuff. So there's a lot to explore. And I'm just, you know, really happy that there's been such an increase in interest in this lately that, you know, those of us, you know, not just myself and all of the wonderful volunteers and advisors with my foundation, but so many other organizations have been working for many years on this cause. And then now it's finally caught on and people are realizing, you know, that they're really missing out if they don't hear this music and they're super excited to discover it. So it's a it's a great time to be alive and to be a performing artist and with whatever else, you know, we're concerned about in the world, at least in this area, we're definitely headed in the right direction. The biggest thing is, hey, this music is absolutely great. And wait a sec, it happens to be written by composers who were Black. 
And so I think that's, you know, recognizing that composers from underrepresented populations, whether it's a composer of color, a woman composer, et cetera, that there's so much music waiting to be discovered. And just because it's not in the canon doesn't mean it doesn't deserve to be heard. And we can't trust that the process of curation up till now has actually been fair and accurate. But ultimately, I just want people to enjoy listening to the music. You know, if you're a fan of the violin, if you're a fan of classical music, you know, just sit back and let the music wash over you and just enjoy it. You don't even have to think about issues of society or history or anything else. Just enjoy hearing the violin do its thing with all the virtuoso fireworks, the drama, the beautiful touching melodies, and all the good stuff that you expect from a great violin concerto. Sharing is what it all comes down to knowing that I've done everything I can to share the most music with the most people, then I'll know that I've, you know, done my part and had the most fun doing it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Classical Post. If you loved it, give us a five-star review as it helps us reach more people. Also, remember to hit that follow button in your podcast app to get notified of new episodes. Music